Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck, and Jerry's lurking in the background, sitting in for guest producer, but real producer Dave, and this is Short Stuff. Guests, but real. Yeah. Not like yeah, the blow-up doll guest producers. <laughs> no, they're, well, they're real in a, a, I guess, a material way, but sure. that's it. Yeah, make sometimes emotional. <laughs> I guess. You could get wrapped up in that kind of thing, I suppose. I've seen Lars and the Real Girl. You dressed up as that for Halloween. Yes. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. <laughs> that was all you, me. She uh, came up with that one. It was good. Very nice. I, I love a good, obscure Halloween costume. Yes. So speaking of obscure Halloween costumes, Chuck, you could do worse than dressing up as John Gotti, the Teflon Don, couldn't you? Not bad. If you got the hair for it. you Yeah, that's the main thing. You got to have the hair, but you also have to have the attitude, you know? Yeah, like I can do whatever I want and nothing sticks. Yeah, that's close. That's pretty close. I was thinking more just like, you know, almost unprovoked violence. To, oh, uh, sure. To the, to the end of, uh, or the, as a means to the end of gaining money and power. Yeah, I mean, that's our generation's like real life Vito Corleone type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He was like kind of, as far as I can tell, like the last of the real mob bosses. The real gabagoons. Exactly. <laughs> he went down, man, we're going to get like a letter from the Probably. Italian-American <laughs> Anti-Defamation League. Yeah. They're going to say, dear Chuck, gabagoon isn't a thing. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, he, he went down in like 1991. And I would say that golden age, the heyday of mafioso in the United States was in the 60s. But the way he went down was thanks to a, um, a, a law that got passed about 20 years prior to him going down called the RICO Act, which is one of those things that like everybody has heard of, but it doesn't necessarily know exactly how it works. You know what I mean? And that's what we're here to explain, Chuck, how the RICO Act works. Yeah, it's I mean, the RICO Act is something that if you are in our generation or even a little younger and you've watched any Sopranos or any sort of modern day mafia movie, you're going to hear Rico thrown around a lot because mm -hmm. that is the kind of the only thing that they found that has teeth with these yep. cases. It stands yeah. for the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. And, you know, it's, you know, a racket is like you hear in those movies on the street, like you got a numbers racket or a protection racket. And I just think it's kind of funny that racketeering became the official word, you know. I know. And it's also, it, it made the whole thing way more muddy than it has to be, I think. You know what I mean? The use like of that if, word. Yeah, racket yeah. and racketeering. If they just called it like the Organized Crime Act, it would be a perfect umbrella that would be far more understandable. Yeah. Because a lot of people do think of rackets as like a numbers racket or a prostitution ring or something like underworld. You know what I mean? Yeah, And sure. RICO has been extended successfully to boardrooms and, um, you know, to white-collar crime as well. Yeah. And all of that would be considered organized crime. That's the point. It's some people working, carrying out business, and the business is illegal— um, it's using illegal activities to gain revenue, to gain income. That's a racket. And it doesn't just have to be something like shady and underworld like a numbers racket. Right. And racketeering specifically is anytime a person is is managing a situation or an enterprise or a company or a corporation or a crime family mm -hmm. where there is a pattern of activities like this going on and People like John Gotti and so many before him, 
you know, they call them Teflon Don for a reason because nothing would stick. Like they would just, they weren't the trigger people. They weren't the person, you know, stabbing someone in a trunk in a hayfield, Joe Pesci style. Man, that was violent. Or carrying out the numbers game or having the meeting about the protection sometimes. They were so high level that they didn't actually commit technically any of these crimes personally. No, so they could get the guy who was stabbing the guy in the trunk in the hayfield. They could get him for murder, no problem, you know what I mean? Right. But they couldn't get the person who was genuinely at its core responsible for that murder, the person who was organizing this enterprise or managing the enterprise. And that's what the RICO Act is all about, is creating a law that the feds use to go after the C-suite level people in organized crime, whether it's a legitimate business where, like, the it's white-collar crime or whether it's organized organized crime family, like a cartel or a syndicate or a mafia, um, mafia. Boy, that, that stuff was just rolling off your tongue until the very end. Till the end. Uh, I clarked <laughs> it up. That's the, that's the rarely used second uh, definition of Clark, right. where you just completely <laughs> screw something beautiful up at the end. Yeah, it's not like a great thing where you give someone a candy bar. Right. Or a Clark bar. If you Clark someone a Clark bar, Whoa. I think the universe would fold in on itself. So. <laughs> All right. I think we should take a break and we'll talk a little bit more about what the RICO Act and what it isn't right after this. S-Y-S-K. You should know. S-Y-S-K. You should know. Josh All right. So we're back. Uh, The first thing about the RICO RICO Act is uh, that we should say is that uh, I think a lot of people are under the impression that they built out the RICO Act to make it super easy just to go after like a crime boss. And all you have to do is basically say, you know, it's the RICO Act and you're racketeering. It's um, it is broad language wise, but the Supreme Mm -hmm. Court and appeals courts have all come together to sort of. Um, they said nine. Yeah, they did. They sort of narrowed down that language to make it um, not tougher, but just a little more specific. Yeah, but I think in doing so, they definitely did make it tougher. Um, and the feds apparently use a racketeering charge. or re- They use the RICO Act when there's, when there's nothing else. Like yeah. if they have somebody caught red-handed, you know, directly ordering a murder or – committing the murder or delivering, you know, 50 keys of cocaine or something. <laughs> sure. Which is a lot. That's a lot um, of keys. They, they've got that person on that on that broken law, like that crime. Uh, they, they don't need anything else. The RICO, they go to when there's nothing else, but they have some sort of evidence that that person is directing, calling the shots of this business where those kind of activities are being carried out. Right. And it's really sort of a two-part um proving process. You have to prove that there is a pattern of this stuff going on. And it wasn't just like, I think if it's just like one murder and and it's not a a racketeering thing, that's just hiring somebody or directing someone to carry out a murder. But you have to prove that it's a pattern of criminal activity within an organization. And then you need to prove, like really, really prove that (laughs) Gotti or whoever it is, is the person who is managing that stuff who is making those calls and directing that operation. Yeah, you, you have to, like, really, really prove it. You can't just be in court being like, come on, like look at this guy's suit. 
<laughs> it's John. God, come on. Right. That shoe couldn't be more shiny. <laughs> right. So, yeah, you got to prove that. But if you got those two parts, and that's how they got Gotti, they uh, they had a, a one of his underbosses, Sammy the Bull Gravano, mm-hmm. turned states on him. Um, and uh, What a rat. He informed on him. He said, yeah, I killed a lot of people under John Gotti's direction. And they also had a wiretap. I don't know if it was from Gravano or not, but they had wiretaps of, of Gotti, like, issuing orders to other people. So they're like, this guy's testimony plus this recording of Gotti shows that he is the boss of this criminal enterprise. Hence, they got him on a racketeering charge, and he died in prison. And I saw also, Chuck, that the other families in New York didn't send any representatives to his funeral, which was surprising to me. Oh, like out of respect or whatever? Yeah, I guess out of disrespect, they didn't send anybody. Yeah, this this is the part that's kind of funny to me because it's kind of a catch-22 because I feel like if you're, at least in the movies, all like it seems like these people want is for everyone to know who's in charge. Uh-huh. And then what they get them on is the fact that they're in charge, which is what they deny in court. Right. Like, I'm not in charge of anything. <laughs> like, Well, wait a minute. I thought you were in charge of everything. Right, right. Yeah, well, they, they, well, some of them um, have very famously, like, played, you know, kind of like doddering, out of their minds, right. elderly men, like, who couldn't possibly, yeah, yeah. you know, tie their own shoe, let alone run a crime <laughs> family. And they'll, like, play this in court, even. Yeah. It's really something to see. Um, so, Rico cases for a little while, uh, and you can still have a civil lawsuit, but they, for a while, they were um, ordering triple damages if you were injured by a RICO violation. And so in the 80s, obviously, this is going to lead to just a, a groundswell of attorneys coming after people trying to get that that triple money. Mm-hmm. And so they had to tighten that down a little bit. I think they put in a four-year uh, statute of limitations. And um, even the Catholic Church, uh, they came after the Catholic Church with a RICO civil suit. Yeah, they did. They said that the all the way up to the Pope, I think the Pope was implicated in the civil suit that they there was an organized criminal enterprise to obstruct justice and to keep um, to avoid prosecution, basically, of of priests and others who had like sexually abused uh, parishioners, which is I mean, I, I don't know how that one ever ended up. I don't know if it's still ongoing. Do you? I am not sure about that, actually. We'll have to look that one up. But that was that. That's if it's not ongoing, it was fairly recent. There's some other recent ones too um, that are far more recent than Gotti um, that have nothing to do with the mob. Right. Like uh, here in Atlanta, the Atlanta um, schools cheating scandal mm-hmm. of 2015. The people who organized that were indicted on racketeering charges, and some of them got like 20 years in prison for sentences. Yeah, that was basically when they were saying, "Hey." we can get more federal government juice if we have better standardized test scores. So why don't you go in there and fudge these numbers a little bit? Yeah, and and even worse than that, when people said no, they would get fired. They would be, uh, they would get like bad write-ups and reviews and they would miss out on like promotions and raises because it was the people at the very top who were organizing this cheating scandal. scandal. Um, And so like they were, there was like, it was a criminal enterprise, basically. They were trying to bilk the federal government out of money, I guess is what they went after him on. But they got a bunch of people. And apparently it's one of the biggest um, uh, criminal enterprises ever ever uh, prosecuted. Wow. Right here. And that, I mean, that just gets across. Like, it doesn't have to be a mob boss. It can right. be white-collar 
public school teachers, obviously yeah. not to be trusted. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Th- that's what the RICO Act has taught us. No, we're not saying that, people. <laughs> so, uh, you got anything else? I got nothing else. I got uh, my hands are clean. I didn't do anything. <laughs> you can't prove nothing, copper. <laughs> uh, and since we said that, everybody, short stuff is out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.